It is time that we do something new. Joe Ovius and Joe Gillian. By doing something new, I mean doing something old, but we're bringing it back so it's basically new. Here we go. Let's podcast in the Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. That's Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obvious. You've you've decorated Joe. Well, you can't tell from your angle, but <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I literally just got back from vacation, and I I, I walked you, into the studio space, and I was like, oh, you've got your uh, your Law of the Wolf encapsulated in one photo behind you. A little which Martin twin is that? That's Caleb. That's Caleb Martin. All right. Rushmore. All right, you get your Jordan Stahl placard. You get the ACC media thing. Uh, your uh, no admittance. You get all the stuff, but I have just a blank wall. It, it is what it you is. You are a blank canvas. I, I'll get around to it. I got some ideas. You know what's bad is I printed out the picture from Ethan Hyman from the stadium series to yeah. put behind you for today's show. Yeah. Framed it. Okay. Yeah. It's We're, in my kitchen. <laughs> it's in my kitchen. <laughs> Who was, what was the cat? Garfield? Mondays. Mondays, right? Right? Yeah, but we uh, we are back. And it's funny, when, when I'm usually gone, I am like, I'll just completely check out. Yeah. Right? So I was gone for for what I think my total travel time was 11 days. So it's completely checked out. That's a lot, Joe. It I is don't know lot. how you do that. It is a lot. It is a lot. You know me. So, you know, like I I'm missed, like two days off. I'm like, I, I need, need to do something. Yeah. No, I mean, it wasn't like I wasn't doing it. No, I know you were all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I did a whole road trip, which we'll get to later. I've got, I got some, Hey Joe questions about that. Um, but like real ones, right? Actual real. Did you, how did you fake them? Did I you fake them? I used all the real Good ones. for you. I know. I'm look at the growth. You. I'm proud of you. Because so in the old days, well, in the old days when nobody could literally see it, <laughs> you could just make up whatever Hey Joe questions you wanted. So good for you, man. Good for you. Now, like, um, so I, I started to like crash course what I missed mm. on Saturday. That's when I started, when I got back oh. from the trip. And I was like, oh, so I missed, uh, I missed a sub tragedy. Um, apparently Russian politics is, is a lot like college athletics in that you can have an administrative coup and then people back down because a booster stepped in like shout out to Matt Brown from extra points. who was like, ah, yes, the palace intrigue infighting of a coup attempt, but enough about Auburn. Let's <laughs> see what's going on with Russia. I mean, he said Auburn it's fair. I can bring up Tennessee. <laughs> yes. I mean, Phil Fulmer. I mean, the reason why John Curry's at Wake Forest is because Phil Fulmer had his own mercenary group come in and try to get his guys in and everything else. He ended up being successful. And Dave Dorn was caught up in that, the NC state uh, football coach. But the, the one thing that I ended up being intrigued by the most was the draft was on Thursday night. Uh, and I know you did a show on, on Thursday with Anthony from Oakwood pizza box, no show on Friday. So we haven't had a chance to talk about the NBA draft, the actual reaction, the actual reaction. Have we draft. finally found something that made that people don't like Michael Jordan for has, has it finally I, I been done? You know, are are we here? I was jotting down. Get, a, was, get another. Hey, get, let's get another 10 part documentary because <laughs> people aren't happy with Michael Jordan. We can't go one whole day with people being upset with Michael Jordan. Can we like I was I was. I'm at the point where I'm convinced that Michael Jordan, the owner, nobody's going to like anything that he does, period. And I don't blame him because what's the track record of success with the Hornets? A couple of playing games where they've been bounced. Like, what, seriously, what is the track record of the Hornets? Hornets have no track record. I, I would actually take this as a win if I was Michael Jordan because the fans care. I guess hey, you care. You you were enough to boo Brandon Miller. The mascot was enough. There's no chance that mascot's still employed, right? So so what you're <laughs> let me let me if you're watching on YouTube, let me go ahead and, and pull this up because this is actually pretty. This is from Nick Carboni uh, over in Charlotte, longtime TV guy. Nick's a good dude. 
And I'm pulling this up on uh, on the old on the old stream yard here. Let me see if I can if I can hit play. If you're watching on YouTube, here's here's Hugo the Hornet at the at the draft party at the Spectrum this is Center at the arena or whatever it's called. Yeah. Now. I forgot what it's called now. And uh, here's here's and everything else and the one from the local bar was like even more pronounced <laughs> all right so which i would take as a win again wait a second you care about us hey it's like tom o'brien said with carolina all the, hey i made them care i guess so, so. If you're jordan right now hey, i made you care at I, least I, I guess i guess that's the case but here's my question it was it was Brandon Miller from Alabama over Scoot Henderson. And there's all sorts of threads we can pull on from the gambling markets and Sham Sharanya's role in that and how he's kind of found himself in a little bit of hot water for his reporting ahead of the draft to something that you and I have talked about for a, a few years now with the G League signature series or whatever it's called now, but like the select team. Yeah for uh high level prospects the guys who are making six figures to play in the g leagues not the not the 20 grand guys yeah. riding a bus yeah. yeah which that's to compete with overtime elite which is uh, you had the twins the from twins. the Thompson twins from overtime elite scoot was in that signature series making whatever it was with the g uh, with the g league but here and th- this is something that i need somebody to explain to me for all the people who are upset that it went brandon miller over scoot henderson based on what based on what can you t- how what, many, what do you how, mean? How many people watch Scoot Henderson? Like for real? Oh, they're upset that they, oh, it's because of the the unknown. Is that isn't that we do this all the time in the NBA? We'd rather we'd rather pick a guy we know squat about. Yeah. We this don't know about the unknown. About this guy, but because we've seen Brandon Miller play, it's a knock on him. Well, there's there might be some of that. Okay, I think, I think there was a there was an idea going into this year that there were two guys in this draft, only two guys in this draft. Yeah. Obviously, Victor Wimanyama goes course. number one, goes to the Spurs, a once-in-a-lifetime prospect. Mm-hmm. And then the other idea was, here is this American, you know, that came up through the, the hard streets of the AAU ball, Scoot Henderson, and he played. Remember, they played a game in Vegas. Mm-hmm. They had a showcase game, and he was spectacular right. against Wimanyama. But but keyword, showcase, but continue. Yeah, but he's 6'2". That's what this comes down to. Okay. Scoot Henderson's 6'2", and that's why the, the Hornets didn't take him. I think with... I think part of it is they they thought it was a two man draft and you didn't take one of the two, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think part of it is people universally love Michael Jordan, universally. Yes, like you have to work really hard. Our friend Steve Young is a pist- grew up as a Pistons fan mm-hmm. and a State fan, so he hates Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. You have to work really hard to find people who hate Michael Jordan. <laughs> I, I grew up in the New York City area. And the Knicks were the Knicks. Everyone loved the Knicks and those Ewing teams. People still love Jordan. Yeah. It's not like people were like hating Michael Jordan. Okay. Right. You have to work really hard to hate Michael Jordan. Brandon Miller talked trash, straight up trash to Michael Jordan before the draft and yes. worked on that serious XM interview. Well, here's where he's the... like, he was just a regular guy. I love Paul George. Paul George is my goat. And it was like, I, but that implies that everyone is extremely online. Well, right. they're, they're, so not well, everyone's extremely online and would have seen that interview. This is this is true. So here is here's what you're referencing. This came from uh, Brandon Scoop Robinson. He's got this. I guess he was asking questions at a draft, at the draft. availability. Yeah. And here's Brandon Miller before He's the like, draft. Before yeah, the draft. Like Michael Jordan's meeting with Brandon Miller was quote unquote exciting, says Miller to uh, to Bally Sports. Here is uh, here's the exchange. Brandon, you said you were in black and red at the draft, right? Jordan wore black and red. 
as a member of the Bulls. Here's my question, unrelated to that. You're young. Older people, young people often have this LeBron and Michael conversation. I'm not going to ask you who's the greatest because that's old. But because you've been in Michael's presence and because you grew up liking LeBron, as a young person, do you feel like that conversation is just overdone? No, because I, I actually don't uh, think LeBron is, you know, the go to basketball. I think my go to basketball is Paul George. You know, I always grew up watching him, so it's never just LeBron. That's it. When you talk with Michael, what is something? Was that when you went through your draft process? Was that the first time you met him? Most definitely. That's my first time I ever seeing him in person. Uh, it's definitely exciting. You know, he's Michael Jordan. So, uh, got him jump on the free throw line, the shoes that we wear all the time. It's kind of exciting to meet him. What is something that you took away from that as far as just meeting him that, like, some people say, wow, like, he chews gum like this. Like, what is something random that you, you picked up from him that, that you just will stick with you forever? Other than I see him airball that free throw, yeah, that would be the only thing I see him airball. All right, so there was a second interview that he did actually on Sirius. Yeah. Where he said, it was a different guy who was sure. asking him questions, very similar about Paul George. But what he said was, Michael Jordan is just a regular guy who came and watched me in a workout. Mm -hmm. You know that irked Jordan. Yes, it did. And then he then the, he got into the part about how he was airballing. Mm -hmm. and, and then, But all I could think of was Jeff Bizdelic. When I was listening to the Sirius interview, you show respect by showing no respect. Now, do you think and that's why Brandon Bizdelic, Miller got, you think Allegedly, Bizdelic said that was from Jordan. Yeah. The, the, the infamous Bizdelic quote was allegedly traced back to Jordan. Okay. So maybe Jordan was so impressed with Brandon Miller talking straight up shit about him maybe. to his face maybe. that he said, you know what? Give me this guy. Or, or, and here's, here's the, the, the Hornets put out because the team's social medias these days are, are so great. I mean, they've got like the camera on yeah. Mitch Kupchak and they've got Jordan on the phone. And here's the exchange between Jordan and Brendan Miller after they drafted the second. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay. Uh, Hornets select Brendan Miller. What up, dude? What's going on? <laughs> uh, can you palm a ball yet? Uh, of course, I was probably the ball like a couple of days ago. So there you go. Like the only thing missing was the last dance. Jordan going up to Bird saying, "Blank you, you blank." All right, because I'm not even gonna. I, I can't even. I, I I still have to untrain my FCC brain here for a second. No, so I. Okay, you are going the route of you show respect by showing no respect. And, and Jordan I think that was impressed so impressed Jordan, Jordan I think that, impressed that he's Jordan. like, "Man, I don't care about you. Like I'm a young guy. It's whatever." But I have a I have another theory. That's when Jordan took it personal. <laughs> he looked at his iPad and he laughed. He did the meme. He went, ah, 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 right? I think he goes, man, I'm out of here. I'm selling, I'm selling a majority stake in this team. Right. And this team stinks. And I'm taking you well, second. They don't stink. They're, they're just average. They're average. They're, league average. they're average. They're average. That's all they are. They're, that's all they are. They're average. But anyway, the, the, the last thought, the last thought that I had. Or, was, or I don't know. It could be that Brandon Miller is a good shooter and he's 6'9". And you need to be able to shoot in the NBA and Scoot Henderson 6'2". What kind it of could be that? It could I, just I, be I, that. I don't know. Scoot Henderson could be redundant with ball. Like, I don't know. I mean, uh, probably different skill set there, but I'm just saying yeah. it's entirely possible. What do you need in the NBA? You need shooting. You got right? to be able to shoot. Basketball. You got to be able to shoot. All right. So if Brandon Miller can shoot, but I do think there's a larger to, to tie it back to the OT elite series, the G league and their signature series and whatever it's called. I can't keep track of all these things. The point is, 
I want to go back to what you said and what we saw Scoot Henderson up against Victor Wembanyama, and it was a showcase game. What's the difference between Victor Wembanyama's coming up to be the number one pick in the draft, other than size? Where is he? Where was he playing? He was playing in France in their top league, competitive league. Yeah, it's a competitive league. Oh, the overtime elite and the these select teams do not play in competitive games. They're showcase games. I, I highly recommend that everybody goes back and watches Bomani Jones's game theory segment on Overtime Elite, and that it is a it is a basketball incubator that's meant for social media purposes. Right. And the big takeaway that I had with all the clips that they had pulled for the show were all the instances which these players talked about how they were shocked how much social media stuff they had to worry about because Overtime Elite monetizes not with television say. rights. I was just about to tell you, this is the, the Parker theory with NC State. He makes more money at Overtime Elite than he could at NC State. Exactly. And a big part of that are those dunks. And they have legitimate investors. Mm-hmm. They have legitimate advertisers. Yes. And that's how they make money. So I, Or attempt to make money, I should say. I know how this is going to sound. <laughs> I know how this is going to sound. And you're going to make fun of me for my bootstraps energy. Uh-oh. Big boomer energy. Back I'm back from vacation. Back from vacation. And, and I'm quick with the bootstraps. bootstraps. Let's go, baby. I would rather take a guy because what do we know about the draft? It's a complete crapshoot. But if I'm going to take a guy, I would rather take somebody who has been in competitive games, games of consequence. Scoot Henderson has never played a game of consequence. You do that in college where there's actual stakes with tournaments, rivalry games, NCAA tournament, that kind of stuff. I think you gain more. We'll use the ACC for the purposes of our conversation because we spent more time talking about the ACC. Don't you think? that at Duke, you're dealing with pressure that is going to be something that you're going to have to get comfortable with when you get to the NBA. You don't think in that Coach K season that Paolo Bancaro got a true like, oh man, like this is real. Yeah, there's different ways to be helped though. Just saying. There's different ways to be helped. I'm not dismissing what you're saying, Mm -hmm. but the idea of of being an incubator and understanding, look, we're not going to gin up some fake you know, a uh, rivalry between the overtime elite blue and the overtime elite black. Yeah. We're going to give these guys a legitimate chance to work on their game and hone their craft. Mm-hmm. Well, once, once we see what the twins look like, the Thompson twins look like, we'll have a better idea. Do I think Brandon Miller, d- do I think the concept that we know more about Brandon Miller and therefore it potentially hurts him with, yes. with, with average fans? Absolutely. But what do we also know about Brandon Miller? He was tangentially related to a murder case, uh, but that involved his teammate. Yeah. So, I mean, people got mad. Like, people got mad at Malik Andrews for bringing that up. And huh? sometimes but, a lot of information or any information can can be used against you. Housekeeping. So we got stickers, Joe. I'm excited about we the took stickers. A, took, a, took advantage of a, a sticker mule sale. It was like 20 bucks for like 50 stickers or whatever it was. It was not a lot. So we just put the little widget. A sticker mule is different from a... Drug mule. Totally different. Okay. So this is We're legal. okay with that. This is totally legal. We can't admit things on, you, you on the internet here. So. Right, right. You can go You can go online. You can find it online. <laughs> That's a legit business. It's a legit business. I hope there's so. No, I mean, they, they there's no the cousin Nunzio on no, that one. No, they sent the stickers. I mean, it <laughs> is what it is. Or maybe there is. They're <laughs> just off the truck. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I guess the best way to do this would be that if you email with the subject line sticker, to the OG goes digital at gmail.com Again, subject line sticker. And then in the body of the email, just put your address. Do I need to teach you everything about radio? What? You got to make the people listen. What do you mean? I, for, for these golf balls. Yeah. 
these beautiful OG golf balls. Yeah, yeah, show those. I don't give this stuff away. Oh, with the stickers or whatever. Those just give them away. Joe, put them on your tumblers. 70,000 downloads, Joe. We have an audience. Okay. Okay. They listen to the show. Yeah. Give them a keyword during the show, like you do old school radio. Then they have to listen to get the keyword. Okay. Keep it giving away sticker no, they're, they're, on the social media stickers. They're just Joe, stickers. It cost me nothing. There are no small parts, Joe. All there right, are no small fine. roles. That's fine. That's fine. That's Only fine. small people. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of listeners, shout out to everybody who uh, heading into Father's Day. We're getting ready for Fourth of July. Has gone to the butcher's market. Uh, I we, we know that people have been going. All right, cool. Let's go check it out. Let's see what they got. And the butcher's market always gets it done just right. They got multiple locations throughout the triangle. I know I got my home base there on Millbrook and falls the noose. I'll probably be headed there this week to get some stuff to start grilling for 4th of July. It's, it's almost 4th of July already. Where did June go, man? Well, I was on the road. That's where June, June goes fast. No it goes really, really year. fast, but uh, especially yeah. with a graduation and everything else. Uh, shouts to our listener who actually sent the butcher's market a message on Facebook that said, Hey, that's what we need. I live in Holly Springs. I had never been before, but <laughs> I listened to it on the OG. Also shouts to our listener who was like, you were right. Well, always my favorite word. Oh, you love hearing. They that. were like, you're you right. That, that steak sandwich is the best in town. It's and legit. it truly it is. is. So go check them out. Butcher's market. It's the butcher's markets, plural.com. It is absolutely legit. And shout out to breeze through Multiple locations throughout the triangle. It is summer concert series. Uh, Walnut Creek. There's a breeze through right outside Walnut Creek. Uh, you can get all your pre. And look at you with the tumbler. Lifetime free refills, buddy. What? We're gonna buy five of these. What? In our next giveaway and give these away. But you know what we're gonna do? What are we gonna do? Put the sticker we're on. We're gonna get the OG logo on the back. <laughs> Because oh wait a minute has Adam has Adam agreed to put the OG logo on one of their breeze through no uh, I got I got a connecting Garner mm-hmm. that might be able to help us and modify the, the breeze through itself all right uh, because no this tumbler is amazing That's first nice. of all I don't That's know nice. why we're sitting over here racking our braids where can we find a tumbler the breeze breeze through has not it. only that it is it's the lifetime refills walk into any location yeah uh, hot or cold. Soda oh. or coffee. Ooh. 20 bucks. Ooh. Dude. Okay. Seriously. All right. I'm with it. Seriously. I'm with it. Like, you're never going to be at PNC Arena again. Like, you're never going to be <laughs> at Carter Finley Stadium in the fall. Are you kidding? Like, you're never going to go to Walnut Creek. I love it. Race through. Take care of them. They Abs- take care of us. Absolutely love it. Move on. There's all these props, man. What did you... You go away. You, you, you I you get props. a lot of props. What did you talk about while I was gone? Well, Brad Frisch was here yeah. for two of the episodes because we had golf. When yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. here, it's kind of like when you weren't there. When you know when you weren't with Adam, Adam got to talk all kinds of baseball. Oh, geez, yeah. Right? Now he just talks about soccer. You were gone. So yeah. I, I was I was total golf mode. Right. Brad played in two U.S. Opens. It was a compelling U.S. Open. Mostly I got to be critical of Los Angeles and the USGA. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then Anthony was here for two days. Yeah. And we, we covered a, a lot of NBA with Anthony. Anthony's an NBA guy. So we covered a lot of NBA. You didn't you didn't talk about uh, major commissioners saying dumb things? We did not. Rob Rob Manfred stepping in it multiple times. Baseball commissioner oh, Rob Manfred. I heard stepping. he said that he Again. made some mistakes with the Astros. Huh. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made with the <laughs> Astros cheating scandal. You don't say. You don't say. Although he had his John McNamara moment. Jeez, man. If you if you missed well, it. Oh, we made a mistake. If you missed yeah, it, John. Rob Manfred, who's been I, I don't know. Maybe he wants to distract people from his comments about the Oakland A's and their impending move and how he's basically just 
taking a giant dump on fans in a market they clearly do not care about anymore. Let that be the lesson, by the way. That, that's the lesson for all sports fans. Once a league decides that they don't need you or they're going to go chase the shiny object in another market, in this case would be Las Vegas, Vegas. you're done to them. You're done, like all the stuff, about, oh, it's important to be in the communities. And uh, let's put it this way. We got multiple reminders last week while I was gone that corporate buzz speak is undefeated and it's nonsense. All right. And Rob Manford was another example of that. Uh, and then you got Gary Bettman, who the NHL commissioner decided, all right, you know, rather than telling the handful of people who just don't want to wear a pride jersey because of reasons, quote unquote reasons, religious beliefs, we're just not going to do it anymore. No more warm up jerseys for anything, anything anymore. It's the classic parent. And I know you've done this, but this is the vibe that I got from, from Bettman in this decision that he made. It's like when the kids were fighting over Legos. What did I do? Take them all away. Took them all away. Just took them all away. So those are all the things. Shout out to the commissioners. Although none of them top Lance Armstrong. So Lance Armstrong. <laughs> Wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 that no, no. Lance Armstrong? That Lance Armstrong decided. The one who went to the moon on his bike? So, he, yeah. So he has decided that he wants to be like a controversial, like, you can't cancel me type, mm. like, host now. So oh, okay. he wants to have an honest conversation about transgender athletes. Which is ironic that now he's really concerned about testosterone levels. This this is how he's launching his career. This is how he's the guy who won seven Tour de France's by cheating and running a terror campaign against his own team. Not only cheating, but legitimately wives. changing, right, <laughs> the hormone levels now, in his body. Now, yes, that's the irony. <laughs> that, that guy. That guy. Or, now, or does suddenly, blood doping not count as that? Geez. I don't know. I don't have my <laughs> I, medical degree. I, I guess in that. Now is suddenly concerned with fairness. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you, man. Peak summer topics. Peak summer topics. Next topic. Please. Lance Armstrong, ab- <laughs> Lance Armstrong absolutely did He's that. worried about He's worried about is, fairness. Is his first panelist going to be Barry Bond? <laughs> it might be. It might be. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline is our friend. Jonathan Jones, CBS NFL insider. JJ, what's up, man? What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, finally happy to get you on our independent uh, podcast adventure. Love it. So I don't think we're going to make as much money as David Tepper uh, and eventually buy an NFL team, but one can hope and wish. I don't know. A lot of money in podcasts these days. So I've heard. So I've heard that gambling money really needs to start coming through now. Uh, In 2024, we'll get it here in North Carolina. That's actually, so I wanted to start, I wanted to start with the Panthers and I feel like there's a, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the impression that I'm getting is that they've really started to put on a charm offensive now that Bryce Young, you know, all the speculation and what they wanted to do, they, they pick them and they're trying to kind of overcome the questions that everybody had in terms of his size and the charm offensive has started. Is that kind of like an accurate representation of what we're seeing this summer leading into training camp? I agree with you that there is a charm offensive happening. Um, I would say it's probably um, multi-pronged. First of all, you know, all 32 teams are putting on a charm offensive right now, right? So there's that. The third Um, string tight end, Double J. Yeah. You know, (laughs) see this catch. uh, Obviously, you have a robust digital and social media department there with the Carolina Panthers, perhaps, uh, and they've done it better than a number of teams. So that charm offensive is going to stand out um, among uh, other NFL teams. But then I would just say that the years under Matt Rule, um, they were really tough on a lot of people. I know, obviously, the fans, but like they were really tough on a lot of people that worked there Mm -hmm. and really kind of um, 
the creativity juices weren't able to flow necessarily. And so now if you're, <laughs> if you're a little unbridled uh, that you can breathe just a little bit more. Look, folks are, are really happy that like, it's not Matt rule there. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it could be Frank Reich. It could kind of be anybody, but the fact that you have a fantastic human in Frank Reich, you got mm -hmm. the number one overall pick, a very affable young man in Bryce Young um, and your O and O in perhaps the worst division in football this season. Yeah. Okay. You're going to have uh, a lot of charm happening. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. And I get the part about Matt rule. Julio and I actually talked about this when they announced that Bryce Young was going to be elevated to QB one, you know, going into training camp. Look at these hey, adults, hey, adults running right? the room. And there's a, there is, there's almost like a, I, Frank Reich might work out. But I do worry sometimes that we're we were so just over the previous regime and how clownish the behavior was, you know, the the, the way of the Panther and sure. one of us and the, the very college nature of it all that Nebraska fans seem to be lapping up right now. That it's almost possible to give what the Panthers are doing right now too much credit. Does that make sense? Because it was so opposite from what we've seen. Yeah, I, look, I completely agree. And obviously, David Tepper has admitted as much. Uh, and he has said it, but it's also the tacit admission of when he hired Matt Rule and signed him to that ridiculous contract and then allowed him to bring in all of his Baylor and Temple buddies onto the coaching staff with no NFL experience. Well, now look who you have uh, now, right? I mean, you, you have literal centuries of coaching experience with the Carolina Panthers. And I don't think that's a bad thing. So I'm not going to be like, oh, you've never had a, a, an experienced NFL coach on one side. Now you have too many experienced NFL coaches. I don't think that's a bad thing. However, when you do have all of those people, you get the chefs in the kitchen sort of deal. And so until these guys start to really work together throughout a game week, uh, you know, when will Frank Reich hand over the play calling duties to Thomas Brown, the offensive coordinator? You have Josh McCown, a quarterback's coach, um, you know, his first time really coaching in the NFL. And so how are all these dynamics going to work? You have a senior offensive assistant in Jim Caldwell. You have Frank. Like there are a lot of people with a lot of hands and very capable hands. Uh, but who gets to be the last person in the ear of Bryce Young? Yeah. Is the message going to be unified? All of those things they have to figure out. I think they can and will mm -hmm. figure it out but until we get there. Who knows? I'm going to give you the good problem. I think the Panthers are going to have this year. I think they're going to be good. They're going to do, they're going to pull a Duke football. They're going to pull a UNC football. They're going to pull an NC state football. Okay. They're going to hire a new coach. They're going to go from four and eight to eight and four. And everyone's going to be excited. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to win their division. Mm-hmm. And then everyone, it, it's it's been since 1980. JJ, you know this. I do. We're gonna sit here and wait. Well, when do you go from eight and four to twelve and zero? Mm -hmm. When do you go from eight and four to eleven? What? How do you go from you know just being in the playoffs to Super Bowl contenders? I'm telling you this as a good thing for yeah, the Panthers. It's a great thing. They are now going to be functional. This is the part where then you start scanning that roster and going, who are the true difference makers on that roster? I'm glad they kept Banks. I'm glad. If they if they hadn't, that's a player I think is a true difference maker. Mm. But I think that you're going to see, and there's going to be you're going to have to write all these things, JJ. If you still write, I don't even know because like you're Mister CBS, all this stuff. Yeah, you, sometimes I write. Thanks, oh, thanks right. for reading. No, no, no. you 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 you've graduated. You graduated. You graduated. We're hey, so man. proud of you. So we're, proud. we're like the, the 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 great gay parents with our with our. <laughs> look at our large adults. <laughs> look at our son. Like, oh my god. <laughs> It's amazing. You guys. Um, but you're going to have to talk about what a great story, what a feel-good story yeah. the Panthers are. And they're going to get to the playoffs. They're going to probably lose in the first round. And then next year, everyone's going to be like, all right, Super Bowl. And that's where I think the talent discrepancy comes in. Mm -hmm. But I think this is the year you enjoy all of this stuff. Sure. Enjoy well, it all. 
if they make the playoffs, that's fantastic. It and is really, that's you know, whether even if they don't win the NFC South, which is probably going to be, you know, in terms of record, the the least competitive division yeah. in football. Look, Easily. the Falcons and the Saints could both make the playoffs. I think the Saints are going to win the division based off what I saw in New Orleans recently and uh, how they've cobbled together their pieces. But it's still the NFC. Oh, Derek and, Carr. I'm like, who is their quarterback? Yeah, <laughs> what are we talking about here, buddy? But I mean, like, think about the three NFC wild cards. You're going to get one out of the NFC East, right? It's going to be a, a Dallas or a Philadelphia, maybe a Washington. But, like, you're really going to get one there. And then what happens, right? The, the NFC and the wild cards are really going to be up for grabs. So if you believe that the Panthers, if they can get nine wins, any NFC team with nine wins gets into the playoffs. That's mm-hmm. that's the the sort of thing I'm, I'm, yeah. right? yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. And so, yeah, there is going to be a talent discrepancy um, at, at certain positions for the Panthers. I think that they know that they don't have a true go out there and win a divisional round playoff game, number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of questions at corner, certainly starting the beginning of the season with J.C. Horn uh, and his injuries, um, you know, and and you need another pass rusher. These are all things that they know, of course. But if you win nine games, you make it to the playoffs, you keep it competitive or at least don't get completely embarrassed and disrespected uh, in a wild card game. Then, yeah, people should feel good about the next season because you know what you have. Add to it. Get better. Oh, I'm Jones. Need. I said Banks. Burns. 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 Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, I'm just going to roll with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, what are we? It's Monday. It's like when I uh, when I when I was getting all my Sam's, Sams all, all my Sams. Sams confused. You know, the same thankful. I don't think there's a guy on the Panthers uh, <laughs> roster named Sam. I could Beats. be wrong. So, I guess I guess that would be the question because you you brought up the skill position groups, and I think I had seen something aggregated recently about DJ Moore. You know, be, part of the deal to get Bryce Young, something had to give for Chicago. Yeah. I get why Chicago went for DJ Moore because you're giving Justin Fields that receiver that giving him a chance giving him a chance but dj Moore. so i feel though that i almost feel like not everybody can have that quote-unquote number one receiver we get really really caught up in what we've seen like true super bowl contenders but i feel like the moves that they made make sense in that good veteran wideouts that can work with the young talent right you like a scratch off too in the draft you did, you did, but like when, uh, what was it? Uh, when New Hopkins was out there, yeah. right? And I don't think he's. I mean, back from vacation, he hasn't signed anywhere yet. But I saw Panthers fans kind of getting like thirsty about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm thinking to myself, well, I've seen multiple reports where DeAndre Hopkins has a little bit of reputation of not really. Uh, he's kind of like the Allen Iverson. We're talking about practice kind of vibe, right? Yeah. And if I'm if I'm the Panthers, I don't want to put that in the environment. But I feel like the decision they made was to just kind of get good older veteran understand your role guys around him that truly help his first year because hey man it's gonna come at you fast uh it's a thousand percent right look if you're gonna get a bryce young you got to give something up right i live here in boston you want to get christos porzingis i'm sorry but you you know they don't want malcolm brogdon they want Mar- marcus smart so yeah. you're gonna have to give up marcus smart to get the guy right and so yeah of course you'd love to have the number one overall pick and bryce young and the guy with the moxie of tom brady from the neck up and then uh also be able to keep the a legitimate number one receiver. That's not the way life works. So uh, they go out there and maybe Terrence Marshall Jr. really turns it on. Jonathan Mingo continues to have the sort of uh, camp or, you know, that he had in spring workouts. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Right. Um, It is hard to find that true number one. I mean, I was just in Tennessee and there's a reason that they want DeAndre Hopkins, even with some of those reputational marks that you mentioned, Joe, and that's because they know that they don't have anything close to a number one Traylon Burks. Right at his best is going to be a very good number two. And so 
Uh, if you feel that you're right there and you have some good veteran leadership in there, then go ahead and make that move. Unfortunately for the Carolina Panthers, or fortunately, depending on how you're looking at their trajectory and where they are on the spectrum, that's not where they're at right now. And so I completely understand bringing in an Andy Dalton who now knows what it's like to be a backup, right? It's not his first year going from starter to backup. It's an Adam Thielen who knows that his skills are diminished slightly from his top seasons with the Minnesota Vikings, but knows that he can still get it done. No question about it. A great locker room presence. Uh, and you have an offensive line that you're able to keep intact. So that continuity is going to be there for Bryce Young and for uh, that running game. So because of those things, uh, if you were bullish on the Panthers up to the point of they should be getting into the playoffs, I'm totally okay with that. But you should also realize that, you know, they are a significant injury at one key yeah. position away from a six win season. I think that's defensively too. I mean, you mentioned that I'm not really worried about the Panthers offensively this year. Actually, I think the the part that was their strength last year and what kept them from, you know, kept them in the game. They almost made well, the playoffs. Run the ball. It was it was running the football with the mentality that Steve Wilkes was able to yeah, instill yeah. in those guys, right? And they, and defensively, they were pretty sound. But unfortunately, with the injuries, you mentioned corner. I think that might end up being one of their biggest liabilities. Well, they don't even know what that guy is. Oh, they they, they, they really don't. They really don't. Jonathan Jones, CBS idiot, NFL insider, joining us here. All this nonsense. All right, I wanted to get back to I wanted to get back to the too many cooks in the kitchen. We'll close the Panthers conversation with this. In that, I'm with you. You know, you, you bring in this uh, this highly paid veteran coaching staff, and we talked about lessons learned. I guess the the unknown, and we're not going to know this uh, maybe for the next couple of years, is whether or not David Tepper truly learned any lessons as owner of the Carolina Panthers and how involved he wants to be. And I know you've told us stories on air about like Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> and, and who I want to get and you know, all those types of things. <laughs> so how do you feel or what do you think the sense is uh, talking to folks in Charlotte about whether or not David Tepper's also learned some lessons here? OK, so this is going to be the classic fool me once, fool me twice, can't get fooled again. OK, <laughs> right. So all those stories that, that I have regaled you all with over the years, all true. Um, I think that Tepper... Uh, with some truth serum would say that he has been in his first four or five years been more meddlesome than maybe he should have been. And maybe okay. he should have listened to some of the stories from his fellow owners who have been owners for 10, 15 years and realized, oh, the mistakes you made in the first five, I shouldn't make those. Instead, he repeated them. Mm -hmm. From what I hear from people in Charlotte uh, right now, the reviews are very positive. And very solid. Again, we talk about the charm offense. We talk about being zero and zero with the number one overall pick and hope in the post rule era. But I'm hearing that while Tepper, yeah, of course, he wanted to be clued in on who they were going to pick at number one. And of course, he wanted to bring a caravan of people to those pro days, which a lot of people around the league thought certain things about it. But the fact is, he let Scott Fitter and Frank Reich make that decision, right? And um, he's letting the football people make the football decisions. Mm -hmm. There's still some business decisions that I believe, you know, he he is extremely involved with. Uh, I think he has every right to be. Um, but I am cautious, cautiously. There's usually a word after cautiously. I'm not mm -hmm. willing to go cautiously optimistic. All right. But in in talking with folks there, there is some optimism there that, OK, those were clearly mistakes. I'm going to raise my hand and own those uh, in the worst four or five year stretch in Carolina Panthers history in terms of wins and losses. Um, you have to, you have to wear it. Uh, and clearly I have to learn from those mistakes and be better. So that's where it stands right now. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. 
All right. Um, do you have anything else for JJ? No, it's just great to see him. I know. I didn't even realize him. he was in Boston. Yeah. yeah. Where, you where have I been? Yeah, where you been? I don't know. I don't know. Strange. I know. I'm saying you've moved up the ladder, man. He's like, in, you're he, like too important for us. He's in peak. Mac Jones is totally going to work. Uh, Land right now. <laughs> totally Not Bailey Zap. Oh, I heard it's a real competition. No, no, no. Who's the, who's the new offense coordinator? They got Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. So right now, yeah, Mac, Mac Jones has the position pretty well locked down. That's the real okay. answer. Now, look, we all we all know that the real not story. Not that Bill Belichick can't coach without Tom Brady. No, that's not a thing. His, his record without Tom Brady is under 500. What? No, no we that's all not know. a thing. We all know the real story. See, that one NFL. time he scouted the film and he saw that if you jump the route, when the Seahawks call the dumbest effing play in the history of the Super Bowl, <laughs> that makes you the greatest coach of all time. Surely you know this, Double J. You're in Boston. Wow. Wow. No slander. No slander. Look at you. It's going to be great with the Patriots have a better record than the Jets, though. No, they will not. Absolutely. That, that may very well happen. That just will saying, absolutely not. I'm happen. just saying. I'm telling you right now. Look, I, he's I, crawling to that Shula record. He's crawling to get his kid the job. Yeah, it's but, embarrassing. But, I've seen all of this but before. His quarterback is not talking about how words are interesting because it's called <laughs> yeah, but the spelling. Jets have talent. While he's doing <laughs> I, the yeah, but have no talent. Right, but if the Jets have a quarterback who's on some ayahuasca throwing him the ball, it might not work out. Dude, he's stronger than ayahuasca. <laughs> I'm telling JJ, JJ, I'm telling you right now, man. Draper, I'm, uh, acid trip I'm telling you right now, this whole marriage between Aaron Rodgers and the Jets is going to just go. It's it's I might go psychoactive with the way sports talk radio is going to work if they don't get off to a good start. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a prairie dog looking at everything that the New York Post has on the back page. You know, I, this. I, I do think that a lot of people are not accounting for. And Joe, as you clearly are, that this has a strong potential to not go the right way early on. Oh, and, my goodness. And if it does not, oh, are we going to see the Jets oh. yesteryear? Happen again and again. Yes. And again. Yes. So, um, <laughs> all right, man. Hey, we appreciate you uh, appreciate making some time. Hopefully, you have a you have a good big a good summer before everything kicks kicks back up uh, for the NFL season. And we appreciate your support throughout all of this, JJ. All right, man. We'll talk See to y'all. you, Jonathan Jones. CBS Sports Insider joining us here on the uh, on the OG uh, on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Yes, yes. Big thanks, uh, big thanks to JJ. Love to see his continued flourish on the NFLB. What's up next? What's up next? So you and I are going to be going to ACC kickoff in about a month. Uh, it's three days now, Joe. Very excited about this in Charlotte. <laughs> I want to take. I want to go to Oak City Sports Card. Mm-hmm. Talk to Weston about getting some cards, and I, this is an old deadspin bit, but I I absolutely want to remember some dudes with some of our coaches in the ACC. I've already put their request in. Perfect. If there's this. a card, if there's an unopened pack out there, Weston can find it for you. Maybe you have open cards. Maybe you have rookie cards. Maybe maybe you want to find one of those Victor Wimbanyama scratch off lottery tickets. You can do it at OakCityCards.com or go check them out in downtown Raleigh. I appreciate everyone who has gone down there and said, "I'm here." Because of the OG podcast, uh, be smart. Like one of our listeners, Jeffrey, he DM'd me. He said, hey, I went to Oak City. I got some of my autograph cards graded. Mm-hmm. Smart move. To get the best value for your cards, you have to get them graded. Weston can help you do that. Again, go check them out. OakCityCards.com. Also, shout out to Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Uh, I grilled yesterday. 
It was a nice day. Went to the pool. I I, I didn't want to like go back to full on adulting just yet. So yeah. got some got some laundry done. Hit the pool. Hung out with some friends I hadn't seen, and then got back home. Put some wings on the grill. I was chilling. You know why? Mosquito authority, pest authority, taking care of the backyard so I don't get bit up. You could do the same thing. Yeah, Hayes is a real OG. Go check him out. It's bugsbite.com, bugsbite.com, or you can call them, 919-807-1951. Whether you're trying to treat your backyard so you can enjoy it, whether you're trying to get rid of those ants in your kitchen after all of this rain, or whether you got mice up in the attic, Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Notice there's a pest there. Bugsbite.com. Check them out on the Twitters as well. No Mosquito NC. On. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline columnist, News and Observer, he is Luke DeCock. And hi, Luke. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. I'm good. I guess uh, Jordan Stahl's bank account's good, too. Four years? 2.9 mil a year? And people are like, what? Four years, Luke? Four? That's nuts. But uh, I guess we have to wait for the details of the deal to actually emerge before we can really have opinions on it. And I guess this ends up making some sense for the Canes in the grand scheme of things, right? Yeah, no, the, the details are out the last, it's declining and the value, you know, the, the actual money they pay him declines each year. And that fourth year is really easy to trade or buy out or do any number of retire. He's on, he's, it's technically an under 35 contract. So if he were over 35, they'd be stuck for the whole contract, regardless of whether he retires or not. Um, in this case, you know, they've got some outs and the contract is structured in a way that, you know, is very sort of team friendly uh, at the end of it, you know, and, and look, I don't think anyone, even Jordan Stahl expects to play that fourth year and maybe not even that third year, but the way the fourth year is structured with a really low salary and a signing bonus, it makes it really easy to dispose that contract one way or another. And, and, you know, he gets the no trade protection he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, none of this is going to happen without his sort of protection or authority. And, you know, I think the question for me now is less, you know, what does this contract mean? All that it's, you know, how do you sort of manage now that you've agreed to, to keep Jordan Stahl, presumably for another two to three years? Uh, how do you manage the eventual transition to Sebastian Ajo, which we all know is going to happen, and he's going to get a, a great big contract, possibly as early as next week, um, you know, as, as which is the earliest they can sign an extension with him, and he's going to get, you know, an eight-year extension that's worth a ton of money. And a lot of the money that's not going to Jordan Stahl anymore is going to end up in Sebastian Ajo's pocket, and he's going to end up wearing the C at some point, too. And you know, this is a, a subject that's really touchy for Rod Burnamore because of the way the transition to Eric Stahl was handled, mm-hmm. uh, 15, you know, 13, 12, 13 years ago. Um, that really left a sore spot for Rod Burnamore in the way that was handled. He was not happy with how Jim Rutherford and Paul Maurice handled that. I think that's one reason why things were a bit frosty between him and Paul uh, during the conference finals. Uh, he's going to want to make sure that's done right. And whether that means Jordan Stahl wears the C till his last game as a hurricane or there's some sort of managed transition to Sebastian Ajo. Um, I think that's going to be a really interesting storyline to watch over the next couple of years. Cause it does, it is increasingly going to become Ajo's team. He's going yeah. to have the salary. He's going to have the role. He has the personality and attitude. You know, he's, he's a fierce competitor. The players follow him. Um, you know, he's going to be a, a, a great, good to great captain someday. Um, you know, that sometimes it takes being in that role like it did with Rod Brindamore to figure out how good you really are at it. But that transition is going to be really interesting to watch. Luke, this was the easy deal to knock out, though. What what deal on the horizon there with the Canes that you look at on the roster and go, hmm, this could be a this could be a hiccup. Well, the, the, the you know the the big one has, and everyone's seen this coming for years now. Is you've got Brett Pesci and Brady Shea and Jacob Slavin on really team friendly contracts, two of which um, expire next year and the other expires in two years. 
you've got to figure out, are you keeping all three? Can you keep all three and not hurt the rest of the roster? That's why when we talk about the Hurricanes and their window, you know, it is a finite thing with this group and this this uh, operation because, and that's why last year was such a disaster because you lose to a, you know, pretty objectively inferior team overall. Um, and this year, you know, you had a chance um, against a team that was the eight seed. Um, these are things that you, chances you may not necessarily get with this group again. Um, and, and really those, the contracts of the defensemen are really the, the questions answered. You can keep all three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just going to be a question of, you know, how you handle that and who else has to go because it is a cap league and the hurricanes are a cap team. So, you know, those are all things that are going to have to be addressed, but those are the sticky ones to me. And that's why there's been a lot of trade rumors with Brett Pesci and Brady Shea. I don't think there's anything, uh, you know, concrete behind them at this point. It's just something that obvious for that anybody can throw at the wall, but those are conversations that are ongoing and hurricanes need answers on the long term on Shea and Pesci so they can kind of figure out what to do with the rest of the roster. Speaking of, of deals, as of this recording, it has not gone through yet, but it appears that Tony D'Angelo will be returning to the Carolina Hurricanes after the Philadelphia experiment didn't, didn't go so hot. Now there's larger issues with Philadelphia, but I guess the fit wasn't there. Uh, where A, where does this stand? And I'll get to my next question after that. Uh, as far as I can tell, it's just be, it's being held up by the league because there's concerns about uh, the Hurricanes trading for a guy. You know, Philadelphia did sign into the contract, but the Hurricanes traded his rights to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some cap circumvention questions. Um, sounds like the league wants to hash this out with everybody at the draft, which is this week in Nashville. Um, it, it just seems like there were some questions raised about whether this was the Hurricanes <laughs> It's crazy to think about circumventing the cap to get Tony D'Angelo on your roster. You'd think you'd be circumventing it to get him off your roster. Um, but that's the question that, uh, that's the question that seems to be. Well, I, and I guess, I guess I, I, a bigger question. I think this is your next question. Yeah. Bigger question is why on earth would you do it? Well, okay. That, that actually is my next question on, because they won't have to pull the, they won't have to pay the full freight. That's I, why. I guess it's one of those things. It, well, that, it worked once, right? right. You know, it's the old Bomani Jones scratch and dent special. Right. Like here's damaged goods. You got him for a buck and he gave you replacement level performance from Dougie Hamilton, who was getting made nine million dollars. Okay, so it worked once. All right. Well, if I can get somebody else to pay half his salary and he'd be be making what? Two point five mil with the Uh, two point five mil against the Hurricanes cap. Okay, against the Hurricanes cap. If you can get a guy who produces offensively is a defensive liability. I I can see where you want. We might want to kick tires on that again on the cheap. Right. Yeah, this is this is a Shane Goss's fair replacement. You know, it's a guy who can run the second power play. He would have much less responsibility this time around with yep. Burns here. I mean, he becomes a fifth defenseman. I mean, he's not going to be playing with Jacob Slavin again. Um, you know, my question would be, we just talked about the Rangers series and what a debacle that was. Um, do you want a guy back who was such a liability in the playoffs, right. both in the Boston series and the Rangers series? Right. Well, he was um, only though as the number what two guy. Yeah, I, it I doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He was terrible in the playoffs. It doesn't matter what role he was in. Sure. I just, you know, he wasn't the chemistry issue that everybody feared he would be. He wasn't, you know, constantly booed by the fans. I think they sort of said, okay, you know, when he does well, we're willing to applaud him, whether we like the guy or not. And he did do some things really well. He was a great regular season player for the. Or he was a good regular season player for the Hurricanes. And as you said, he did what they needed him to do. He kept his nose clean while he was here. Yeah. Um, there weren't any big fireworks. So, I mean, I, I can understand. And look, 
when you talk about distressed assets, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's Tom Dundon's eyes light up. You can get something on the cheap. That's how he, that's how you make money. You yeah. buy things cheap and sell them for more. They've done it once with Angela. I, I get all of that. And look, they, they got away with it once. I just think you're, you're asking lightning to strike twice a little bit there. It's, I it's mean, not what I would do even at two and a half. I mean, it could be, it could be my it's galaxy. Jimmy Rutherford of Don Waddell to go back and get another player, a little recycling action. <laughs> Or it could just be, uh, it could be Rod Brindamore. I mean, I tweeted this, I'm sure you saw it, where it's like, fine, you're not going to put me in the Hall of Fame for my uh, for my on-ice performance. But what if I told you I was the only dude in the NHL who could ever get anything of value out of this distressed asset? Yeah, look and, and look, in a smaller role, he may be even more effective, which is only yeah. going to sort of burnish your case. There. I just, I and look, maybe they took one look at the market for defensemen and said, this is the best we can do. I mean, Shane Gossespierre has a chance to make a lot of money. I don't think sure. he was, he was actually way better defensively than his reputation with the hurricanes. Um, mm-hmm. It actually kind of surprised me a little bit, but um, you know, the, the, there's, there's a lot of money in being an offensive, offensively capable defenseman in today's NHL. And Tony D'Angelo is that I just feel like he got away with it. Once you're really playing with fire, trying to get away with it again, especially when this may be the last year for this core group of players. Yeah. You know, is that, is that a risk you want to take, especially if you're bringing both goalies back, uh, which I'm, I'm a little surprised. I, I get it. I'm a little surprised. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, the other contract you asked about surprises earlier, I, you know, I, I, I really thought yes for Foss would be resigned by now. Mm. I feel like that's a core guy for them and, and should be an easy one and they knock it out quickly. So the fact that that's gone to the end of June, um, which is we're talking today, I, that, that raises an eyebrow a little. It doesn't mean there's any hiccups there. I haven't heard of anything, you know, tangible that's gone wrong there. I just thought that would be sort of an easy slam dunk, put it in your bag and move on. A technical cap question for you, since you're smarter than me, because people are like, well, they, they lose Max Pacioretty's money. What will they do with that money? That's just going to be eaten up by uh, yeah. raised and the defenseman's raises and yeah. all that, right? Like that's not, they're not going out and getting another player at that number, correct? No, because, and the cap's not, you know, we're in this period of the COVID in, in, in a COVID imposed cap freeze where the cap isn't going up as they sort of recapture the money lost to COVID. So um, the Hurricanes basically have to deal with all these more expensive contracts, AHO, um, you know, whatever they end up doing on defense in, mm-hmm. in this sort of same window they had last year. So yeah, the patron money is going to get eaten up. There might be some of it. And then people are like, well, they got to spend it during the year. Well, yeah, when he went on injured reserve, right. Right. you can you get that seven million back. You can go spend it on other things, same as they did sort of a little bit with Svechnikov's money um, at the end of the year. But you don't get to keep that the next year. You're back to where you started. So yeah, mm-hmm. there isn't. I mean, I, they do have seven million dollars, but a lot of that's going to go to yeah. Aho. Basically, the Aho contract gets paid for you know that and Jordan Stahl's pay cut, and then the rest of what's left over, you know, will go to. To, to whatever forward fills that role. I think we're going to see a couple of sort of salary clearing trades to give them some more flexibility, okay. you know, whether that's a, a Tavo Teravainen who's got one year left on his deal. If you're not if you decide you're not in with Tavo for the long term, uh, you know, this is the summer you're going to get the most value for him. Uh, that's something that could happen at the draft if, if they decide to do it. Or, you know, based on Dundon's comments at the end of the year to me, I mean, his feeling was, you know, let's run this back with this group and give it one more chance. So, yeah, the patch ready money is going to go to holding the group together. Yeah, and, I, and we, can, we can close on this. Luke DeCock from the News and Observer, your conversations with Tom Dundon, our conversations with Tom Dundon, I think all of us can agree he doesn't. he's never going to strike anybody as a sentimental type. You brought up Jimmy Rutherford, right? Rutherford was a sentimental type. He's going to bring people back, yada, yada, yada. Dundon's looking at, here's... 
this has worked out with every contract situation that they've done. This is what we think you're worth. And you're free to go somewhere else. It gets back to something Rod Brindamore told us, right? It kind of gets back to the Tony D'Angelo point. Hey, by all means, go get money somewhere else. And how, what did Rod Brindamore tell us? It's every year, somebody calls back and says, hey, hey I man. wish I was still there. Right. <laughs> Nino Niederreiter last year. Yeah. So the Canes kind of have, with Rod in tandem, have this kind of reputation they've built up over the last five years where I feel that the Canes are perfectly comfortable telling people, hey, man, this is what we think you're worth. Love you, mean it. Love you, mean it. You'd be good here. You know you'd be good here. You know you like it here. This is what we got for you. If you want to seek something else out, by all means, go ahead. We're not going to get in your way. So that's why the the initial reaction to the Jordan Stahl deal was, look, they're not sentimental. That's, this has to work for both parties if sure. they're going to make it work. And sure enough, that 35-plus contract situation makes it work for the Carolina Hurricanes. So the, the it's the Sebastian Ajo one that I'm truly fascinated by, right? That's the one I'm fascinated by because he's told us, Dunn told us, he's told you, Luke, it's going to happen. Okay. Well, last time it happened because Montreal stepped up and, and made things a little bit easy for you. Is this going to be as easy as they kind of make it sound to me? Yeah, I, I think it will. And I, I, I mean, I don't know that as easy as they make it sound, but I think it's something that will happen easily because the term is kind of settled. You know, there's no arguing over how long it's going to be. Everyone knows it's going to be eight years. And his value on the, you know, in, in, in a re-signed situation, I mean, it's it's pretty determined. They, look, Seabass is getting paid. Okay. Hurricanes know it. He knows it. Gotcha. There's no argument over future value. He's in his prime. Um, he may not be a superstar, but he's a star. There's not, there's, you know, there's not, this is not like, is Svechnikov going to be a 60 goal scorer or a 40 goal scorer or 30? Like, Sebastian Ajo, Sebastian Ajo. You're going to pay him to be Sebastian Ajo. So, yeah, I, I, I really don't think there's a ton of mystery in this. Um, you know, I think, you know, th th this is not a here's what we think you you're worth. We're going to walk away if you don't like it situation. This is a we've got to sign you for the long term. You're a core player. What's a number that makes everybody happy situation? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a big difference. Like you go back to 2018 in that draft that they the, the night of the first round, Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm were both told. Here's the number. If you don't take it, we are trading you tomorrow. Yeah. And they woke up the next morning back with Bill Peters. So, yes. you know, that, that now they're both back. They're both they're trying fine. to get out of Calgary. <laughs> and the Elias Lindholm would be a great fit for the Hurricanes if they could make it work. So, um, you know, it's, it's funny how that happens in the big picture of things. And, hey, man, if Adam Fox had signed with the Hurricanes, you know, we, we probably look at that deal completely differently, even though, even though it still worked out fine. I mean, they needed Dougie in. Michael Furlan's great week was a great week. Um, but beyond that, you know, I, yeah, no, I, the Ajo deal is so obvious and so easy that, that okay. no, I shouldn't say so easy. It's so obvious. There's just there, like, there's no, there's no edges to grind here, right? There's no, you're not, you're not getting that extra quarter point because you're deferring it. Bobble. It's just, you do it and you take your medicine right. and you move on. And it's an easy one. Cause you, because you love the kid as a player, as a, as a teammate, as a future captain, mm -hmm. you want him to be happy. You just, you, it's one you do. Yeah, that doesn't mean you can sit down and do it over one beer, but it yeah. gets done. Luke DeCock, News and Observer columnist. Hey, man, we appreciate it. We will talk to you later. All good. See you guys. Next topic, please. Big thanks to Luke DeCock for hanging out with us here on Ovias and Gilio. And big thanks to Hometown Realty for sponsoring. Ovias and Jillio. Have we sold a house yet? We got to sell a house. We're close. Okay, let's get, let's because get going. Summer is the time. Seriously, if you're going to move and you want to be ready for school next year, you go check out Hometown Realty. It's myhtr.com 
Barry Woodard and his team, they have more than 250 agents. So when I tell you, if you're in the triangle or you're on this side of North Carolina, Barry and his crew at HDR, myhdr.com, they're the ones to go to. They're in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Selma, Atlantic Beach. So if you're looking to buy, sell, or anything, even rent a place, check them out. It's myhdr.com, or you can always call them, 919-550-7355. And you're buying a house, you need contracts, you're uh, knocking out some other deals, Whitaker and Hamer, attorneys and counselors at law. Check them out, WH. Dot lawyer. I think they got all the G's in North Carolina covered in terms of location. They do. And a heck of a lot more. Gastonia, Goldsboro, Garner. Those are all the G's. They're also in Raleigh, Clayton, Fuquay, Moorhead City. It's wh.lawyer. Selling a business, whether you have any family law needs, if you are like us, you're starting a business. Mm-hmm. Seriously, Josh and Joe, they got more than 20 years experience. Go check them out. It's wh.lawyer, the greatest URL in the history of the world. wh.lawyer. You can also call them at 919-772-7000. Speaking of starting businesses, um, Wilmington is actually one of the hottest places for entrepreneurship. And you can check out more at newilm.com. It's Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington. Uh, I think we're going to be headed out to Wilmington at some point this summer. We are. Uh, we talked to Jim Roberts, who heads that up. And again, these are successful businesses, startups, uh, a lot of successful exits, too, uh, as it relates to uh, Wilmington and the opportunities for people who are starting these things up. It's not just like the hottest place in North Carolina. It's actually one of the hottest places in all of America right now. So if you're looking for new opportunities, you're looking to connect, you're looking to network, newilm.com. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of people will come up to me and say, yeah, Butcher's Market Show, got it. Oakwood yep. Pizza, got it. Even sports cards, maybe not for me, but I get it because you have the best connect. What is this new? And I tell them, if you're starting a business and you're down at the beach, this find Jim Roberts, find him on LinkedIn, find him on Facebook, go to the website, newilm.com. It's going to help you. And it's going to help you create a better startup, which in turn creates better jobs. Wilmington, Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington, where the river of innovation meets an ocean of possibilities. All right, let's close today out with some Hey Joe questions brought to you by Oakwood Pizza Box. Anthony was in the house last week. I'm, I'm yeah, so, he, he didn't replace he, he me with Anthony? the studio by storm. Yeah, he didn't the first replace day him? we had some tech. I had some technical problems. I, the first I, day, I heard. I heard. The second day was a, a resounding success. I was very proud of myself. I don't think I've ever been more proud of myself to the point where I actually actually called you. Yeah, you you did you did call. It, it required an actual phone call. It, it required an actual phone call, and it was almost like I had to tell you, I'm not in front of a computer right now. I'm literally in Midtown Manhattan. I cannot help you right now. I'm walking here. Hey, hey. I'm walking here. Uh, speaking of Anthony from James. Hey, Joe's Anthony from <laughs> Oakwood Pizza Box related to Ray Romano. Uh, great compliment to Chilio. Loved his Dean is overrated. Well, excuse me? Yeah. Excuse I, me? I know. <laughs> Trust me. Dean is overrated? Okay. <laughs> now, the, the not, Ray Romano. not for me because you know I'm no, always right. defending Carolyn. <laughs> I was going to say. Jeez, man. Jeez. <laughs> he is not related to Ray Romano. It just sounds, he could be his voice twin, though. He really could. It is uncanny. It is uncanny how uh, he sounds like Ray, Ray He needs Romano. to get that frozen money or what was the Ice Age money? Yeah, that's where what, he's yeah, the squirrel. That's what he needs. Uh, from Jonathan, hey, Joe, is, with Tommy White's numbers this season, his heroics against Wake Forest last week. Is it possible for him to eventually surpass Russell Wilson as the greatest hashtag pack pro transfer? Buddy, the venom that I saw towards Tommy White when I logged back on the internet. Goodness, folks. Yeah, not happy. The people aren't happy. 
But no, you can't surpass Russ no, because no of the story. Like we're not coming up with a six part Tommy White podcast feature. I mean, at no Although point at this point, did Elliot, did Elliot, did, he, he actually, we might get to that point. We got to get Godfrey, man. We got to get the Godman on. So like, uh, did, did no, Elliot, can't surpass. No. Did Elliot Avent ever tell Tommy White, son, son it's not going to work. You're never going to make it. Because that, that's what Elliot Avent sounds like. Son, mm. ain't going to make it, buddy. No, nah, this is the part of the equation that people don't like yeah. that Tommy White had an outstanding season at NC State a freshman year and I keep telling people about the SEC and their resources and I keep telling people there's a reason why I predicted two SEC teams to be in the championship game yeah. I keep telling people at some point we're going to have all eight teams in Omaha be SEC teams because they're offering perfectly legal NIL yeah. money they're using other schools as a farm system Basically, LSU used NC State as a farm system. Mm -hmm. that, and that's part of the rules now. You can transfer one time without penalty, and you are allowed to take NIL money. Here's the question. Here's the question. Because the market always finds its level. Yeah. If you're LSU and you're going to pour all this money in your baseball program, at some point, you're going to win the thing. This is true. Okay? So this is how SMU got their downfall. You, you start paying too many people, and then all of a sudden you stop paying them, and they're like, hey, wait, why'd you stop paying me? Well, well I, you stop performing yeah, because the market has to find its level. We'll always find its level. Speaking of getting paid, I want to know what Chris Pollard is getting paid at Duke. Wow. Uh, according to... I, uh, we all, I almost felt like we had, almost had to have an emergency call to your dad this morning yeah. over this. So real quick, real quick context. Um, I forgot the gentleman. Kendall Rogers. Kendall Rogers. Okay, thank you. I couldn't remember the, the college baseball insider's name. Kendall Rogers reported that apparently Miami made a run for Duke's Chris Pollard. I'm like, well, okay. But Pollard said, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Which, now look, Duke's got money. Like, that's the thing about people with Miami that people don't understand. Miami, by and large, is broke. Yes. Okay, there's a reason why they joined the ACC yes. in the first place. They're kind of broke. There's a reason why Jimmy Johnson didn't stay there forever and all the other coaches never stayed there forever. Duke isn't. <laughs> Duke isn't. And what did we talk about before I went on vacation? In that private schools yes. and the way this is all working now with NIL and you know scholarships being limited and everything else, there's, a, there's an advantage to being at a private school to make this kind of thing work out. And this is like Chris amazing. Sticking around. This is amazing. Said no to Miami baseball. If, if, that's what I'm saying. No to Miami baseball. If we had your dad or Mike oh, Archer on and said, even 10 years ago, the baseball coach, first of all, Miami is interested in the Duke baseball coach. Huh? Right. <laughs> Second of all, the Duke baseball coach is going to turn down Miami. And if you're not familiar with what Miami was in baseball, yeah. Four national titles, 25 trips it's nuts to the college world series. Yes. Yeah, they literally used to go to the, and they have, they have as an ACC member as well. Obviously they haven't won an, a championship as an ACC member, mm -hmm. but they literally like go like every other year. Okay. <laughs> and for you to, for someone at Duke, this would be the equivalent of Miami's basketball coach turning down Duke basketball. Yeah. That's what this is the equivalent of. I'm not going to impugn Chris Pollard for his integrity, but I do think he is a family guy. And I think there's a little Kirby Ho cut here. Remember when, her, remember when the AD was there and his wife was like, hey, buddy, I, I don't want to be here. <laughs> We're going to take a job in Lubbock, Texas, yeah, no. <laughs> because we don't need to be here anymore. Miami. And well, so I think Chris Pollard looked at the situation. I'm sure Duke came up with a commensurate number. Sure. And he said, I would rather live with my family in Durham, North Carolina at Duke, where there's mm. very little pressure for him to perform then go to Miami and potentially be fired in three years and also be exposed to all of the things and 
not Coral Gables, but South Beach in Miami and South Florida and and the such. Makes sense to me. From Brett on Twitter, hashtag, hey, Joe, why all the hate for Tony D, Tony D'Angelo? When he was in Raleigh, he was a great teammate, great to the fans and pretty damn good on the ice. What am I missing? So, and this was the initial reaction, like, Three years ago, I'd be like, okay, I yeah. get it. But yeah. now, after he was here and was, yeah. you know, do, do we agree? Do we align politically with Tony D'Angelo? Obviously, we don't. But that doesn't mean when he was here, he was like some sort of problem or cancer. He wasn't. No. And I guess that's the thing. And we talked about this with Luke DeCock from the News and Observer. It really comes down to this. Is he a liability defensively? How it's mu- not the strength of his game. It's not. But if he's your sixth defenseman, sure. And there is there is a, sentiment, a price. There is a sentiment that I agree with in that throughout his his one season before the Philly deal, he was performing at a replacement level on the cheap for Dougie Hamilton for Dougie in yeah. the regular season. Yeah, at, but, a, at an eighth of the cost. I mean, it was a win, literally it, an eighth it, of the cost. It was a win. Okay, but there is a sentiment and one that I agree with that how much of his defense was picked up by who he was paired with. Sure. And who are you going to pair him with this upcoming? Are you going to put him with Chatfield? You know, how much of a strain does that put on Chatfield? So that that is the thought going forward that I, I agree with, that defensively he is a liability and the Canes can get got this way. And wasn't Philly terrible this year? They're, they're awful. Okay. They're awful. They're awful. Look, doesn't it matter? I joked what, about, don't we, don't we say this all the time dude, about culture I, and how I tell you all, all other culture is bullshit except for Rod's culture. Look, I, I joked about this on and Twitter. Belichick's, in fairness, after I slander Belichick, his culture true. is real. I, I joked about this on Twitter. It, tired. Rod Brindamore Hall of Fame. Well, look at these other people who are in. That's tired. It's tired. <laughs> Wired is saying, hey, look at all these other teams that can't get squat out of Tony D'Angelo. Squat. He's been, he's gone, gone, blah, 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 blah. blah. And yet, he seems to be functional with the Canes. That gets to your culture point. Two, Josh, American sports invading England, good or bad? Yeah, I guess what the Cubs and the Cardinals are playing and oh. uh, we're playing overseas in London. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Sammy, um, Sammy, well, what, you used to write for the Fayetteville Observer. Why can't I? Oh, Batten. Batten, Sammy Batten. Thank you. Uh, couldn't remember Sammy's last name for some reason. Sammy Batten, who's retired now from the Fayetteville Observer, big baseball guy. He went. That's awesome. That's been great. It's been cool to see him. I mean, is it good or bad? I'm kind of indifferent about the whole thing, honestly. I'm, I'm truly indifferent about it. It's all about globalization, making more money, finding ways to, to get, you know, extract as much pos- money as possible. Speaking of business, this is from the OG scoreboard. Oh, man. Hey, Joe. Yeah, you did miss this. <laughs> this would never town. fly here, right? This is from WNCN in Charlotte. The tweet reads, Bojangles CEO, Jose uh, Armario told QSR Magazine uh, recently that he would like to, quote, get out of the chicken business. Charlotte-based chain is already experimenting with streamlined menus that eliminate some of its staples, like all-day breakfast, things like that. And it's, you know, oh, it's Bojangles no, getting they, out of the chicken they, business. They yada yada the best part. What was the what One was the of the staples part? they're eliminating is bone-in chicken. So I read the story. Uh, I, huh? I read the story. <laughs> you're Bojangles, I, I, but you're gonna have Bowberry shakes. I, I read, come on. What well, what is happening I here? I will do that actually. Well, so the I this is where headline writers make the money they make. Well, I don't know. You were in the newspaper business. They so don't make they any don't money, make money. Joe. Come on. So I guess the, the, so they don't make any money. They basically do things for shits and giggles, right? <laughs> right. And for their I, entertainment. I purposes. feel like the headline writer did a disservice to actually what the story was about. Like. It's it makes if you read the story, it makes sense. The CEOs taking we want to get out of this particular business. It's about experience. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and run it through the fans later here. 
Boop, 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 beep, boop, beep, beep. I probably should call it something else now. He wants to be Chick-fil-A. That's what they want to do. Chick-fil-A gets you on experience. And that's where Bojangles and shakes. Yeah. And like the customer no service and like, and, but, and by the way, the existing Bojangles, like the one on Western, if you're going to go to a state game, they're yeah. still going to do bone and chicken. They're going to do tailgate okay. special still. That's fine. So I don't know. I, re- I felt like that was a headline writer doing a disservice to what the actual story was about in the grand scheme of things. All right. Let's get to our friend, Ken on Twitter. Hey, Joe, I was how was the say, Ken had a great response to that Bojangles one that I'm not ready to say. Yeah, probably not. Hey, Joe, was the Greenwich Joe's pizza better than the other? And you have the battle of who could care less going internally when you went to go see The Cure. So, <laughs> so it's a great idea. So I, so about that. So we did this, we did this road trip, uh, went through Shenandoah Valley, visited Kelly's grandmother, visited some friends in Philadelphia continued up to New York. It just so happened that our time with the trip coincided with The Cure doing two dates at Madison Square Garden. So that's a band that I've always wanted to see live. My older son, Caleb, is kind of going through his 15-year-old, you know, goth emo phase. It's emo phase. So he's super into shoegaze and whatnot. So he's like, yeah, I'll go see The Cure. I'm like, all right, cool. Which, by the way, Robert Smith, the lead singer of The Cure, he's out there looking like a witchy grandma. <laughs> but the dude's voice is immaculate. So careful with the witchy grandma. Well, I got sorry. His hair is all, you know, whatever he's got. He's got his look. He's like in his sixties now, I think, where he's as old as, I think he's as old as my father-in-law, but regardless, his voice is immaculate. Like if you did not know what year it was, you thought you were watching the cure in 1989, man, it was impressive. And got to do a little check the box for Caleb to finally go see something at Madison square. Garden. Can I trigger you and ask if he played the more you ignore me? No. Okay. No, no, he did. They did finally get to all the hits though at the end and the second encore. But in New York, yeah, I mean, the easiest thing to do when you're in New York, when you're trying to save a little bit of money, is to go to Joe's Pizza. And we went to the One World Trade Center Observatory, um, and okay. there's a Joe's Pizza right there in the main drag. And ended up just, you know, just getting a straight-up mozzarella, buffalo mozzarella. But then we were doing some other stuff. Caleb wanted to go to the Tyler, the Creator fashion store. Don't ask. Okay. And there there's happens to be, you know, in terms of the subway loop to make it work, I'm like, all right, well we went into the village and we went to the original Joe's pizza because Caleb and Jacob were like, yeah, but where's the one from Spider-Man? I'm like, ah, well, if you wanted the one from Spider-Man, we got to go to the village. So we ended up going to the village and going to that Joe's pizza. Is there a difference? The only difference is that the one near one world trade center took a card and the one in the village still takes cash. And they have an ATM. It's 3%, man. I know, man. They got the ATM right there. Don't knock the hustle, man. I, I totally get Save it. that money. I totally get it. Is there one better than the other? I mean, I, I honestly found them the, the, the difference between the two, fairly consistent, honestly. And then we went to this Italian yeah, bakery. Neither too. is as good as Anthony's. Don't worry. Go check <laughs> out the Oakwood Pizza Box. Kelly's only thing, because we actually had this conversation. <laughs> Kelly and I actually had this conversation about Oakwood Pizza Box while we were eating Joe's Pizza. She goes, look, and I've told this thing, I'm not saying anything I haven't said to Anthony. And he knows. There's a little bit of difference in the sauce. The Joe's Pizza sauce is a little sweeter than what Anthony does, which is fine. I actually prefer it not to be as sweet as the as the Joe's pizza. The only thing Joe's pizza seems to have that Anthony doesn't is the garlic granules. It's a specific type of garlic topping that we can't seem to find here. I, that's the only thing, the only difference, not garlic, garlic powder, not garlic salt. It's literally called garlic granules. And I'm not sure you can find that here. And I've talked to Anthony about it. He's like, yeah, that's like more of like a New York thing. I'm like, okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right, and we'll get out of here on this last Hey Joe question. 
from uh, Seth Jarvistan. Uh, hey, Joe, are New York City teams actually important and superior, or does sports talk, radio, TV make it seem that way, i.e., does America actually care if the Knicks are good? You know what I did on the road trip, Joe? Oh, no. You did it again, didn't you? I did. You can't quit. I can't quit, man. I listen to so much sports talk radio. I actually listened to the other Joe Giglio. I saw that. I actually <laughs> I, I actually listened to the other Joe Giglio. That was actually kind of fun. Um, and what I love about Philly sports talk is like, all their collars are just, it's one big brag. I'm Philly born and bred. I remember the Broad Street Bullies. I actually had cheesesteaks with Dick Vermeil. Like that's what every no. collar is. That's what like, every collar is on Philly sports talk. And they're also a front run in town too. <laughs> no. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. So the Phillies suck. Yeah, they're not good. So it's all Eagles, man. I heard one conversation, I think it was on the Fanatic, where it was, is Kelsey a Hall of Famer? Like, okay, here we go. Right? Summer, baby. It's summer topics, baby. And I remember four years ago when we drove through, they were having a big, like, if you had to do it all over again, do you, are you taking that big Nick energy <laughs> or are you going Carson Wentz? You know, like it, that's what happens in summer, summer sports talk radio. <laughs> DC, and again, DC, they're obsessing over the Bradley Beal deal. And um, interestingly enough, no topics about the Qatari fund coming in. And I think it was the Qatari fund. But anyway, and then in New York, New York's New York, right? Everything in New York was about the fact that they've had a Aaron program just never playing again. No, actually, oh, it was the fact that got stolen or whatever. Yeah, Carton's leaving for Fox Sports One full time, and they're moving up Tiki. And like every time I tuned into the fan into FAN, it was like, oh, it was everyone's navel gazing. But whatever. To answer the question, and I guess I don't know. Do, should we? Is it story time? Should we peep game? Do we have enough time to peep game yeah. here? To kind of peel back the curtain about yeah. this business. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. So how much do you, <laughs> oh, I mean, at this point, we're I only on, got one more paycheck. So. We're, on, we're untethered, dude. It's all good. <laughs> we're untethered. So here's, here's what's going on. Cause like Keyshawn J. Willem Max reportedly is on the way out. Being phased out. Being I saw that. Phased out. No clue what I, ESPN I think I would take our exit over being phased out. And probably. I think I would, man. It's the bandaid, right? Uh, Just rip it. No. Yeah. No. Nah, 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 nah. For nah, real? I, nah. You want to be phased out? I would rather be phased no. out. I'd rather, like, tell me what my last day is. Oh, okay. I'd rather get that. No, that's the difference between you, 14 years, me, three. Yeah. That's what that no, is. No, there's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's total, different. total difference on that one. So here's what's going on radio is having difficulties monetizing, right? Sure. And there's reasons, there's multiple reasons for that. And when you are part of a television network, that's where the money is. There's money, the, 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 you know, what's in the banana stand? It, it's in TV. It's television ratings. It's having the big rights fees to broadcast the games and all the ancillary programming that goes around with that. And over time, radio has become more and more of an afterthought. The last great national sports talk radio show, the last great sports talk radio show was what, Joe? Mike and Mike. Mike and Mike. And I can speak from experience uh, with working at 99.9 The Fan, Mike and Mike was routinely the number one rated show we had on the station. It got better ratings than Adam and I, which is actually a little bit inverse because typically the afternoon local radio show is your top rated show. But Mike and Mike did such a great job speaking to casual sports fans in the morning and getting your day set and having good interviews and keeping it moving, uh -huh. right? That it brought in a, not just men 25 to 54, but adults, 25 to 54. It did really, really well. But what ended up killing that show? Television. 
as Greenberg's stature at the company continued to grow, he was more interested in doing more of a TV product. That's how you ended up with Get Up. Yeah. And Golick was the opposite. He's like, no, I like it in Connecticut. I like this. radio. Let's yeah. keep doing it. And that's what ended up being a little bit of their uh, friction. Now, Greenberg is one of the highly paid ESPN personalities. He works nonstop next to Stephen A. Smith doing Get Up, radio, the NBA coverage, all that stuff, right? So TV is where the money is. Everything else has had trouble monetizing. And this now gets to national radio. The reason why there's a focus on New York, LA, Chicago, interestingly enough, is because ESPN has owned and operated or partnerships with radio affiliates in those markets. And they're trying to do their best to get as much ratings as they can and then take it to national advertisers saying, hey, look where we are. We're in LA. We're in Chicago. We're in Miami. Yada, yada, yada. Which then leaves mid-market sizes like us to kind of flounder because you're talking about the Knicks all the time where we're obsessed with what's going on with the LA Lakers or Aaron Rodgers. Typically in every major market where ESPN has a radio affiliate, they get destroyed by the local. Okay. So if you look at ESPN radio ratings in New York, they're getting trounced by WFAN. All right. Boston's another example of this. Every ESPN program that get put on that gets put on gets trounced by whatever. Why do you think that is? Well, they care more about their teams. They care more about their teams. And that's something that you and I and Adam and I always focused on, especially in a market our size. By the time you got to our shows, that was the first time you were actually hearing local sports talk. Sure. Because on a Monday, yeah, everybody can talk about the NFL, but who was talking about state and Carolina football? Who was talking about ACC football? We were. And that's where we made our bread and butter. And that's what I think we're going to try to try to do here because there's still a pull for local, which gets to another part. The other reason why local Local shows trying to talk national is always going to lose. And we can use us as an example. We dabbled in Buffalo Bills talk from time to time. Mm -hmm. We kind of, there's a lot of Buffalo fans here though. There are, there are. And sometimes we dabble on what, you know, what's going on nationally with like the Jets or whatever, or, or the, or the Patriots. But technology is at a point now where if I'm a transplant, I can listen to those shows. I'm listening to those shows because I have, I have this. Okay. I have this. And, and you're the, not listening to those shows. You're listening to the podcast. Aha, which gets to my next point. <laughs> but real quick on this and, you know, your phone and the apps and podcasts and everything else, we benefit from that too. Because, you know, I'll use my friend Rick as an example. When he moved up to Boston for work, he's an NC State guy. Were they talking about NC State on WEI? No. How was he listening to NC State stuff? He was listening to our stuff right. via podcast, via streaming. So, all of these things kind of lead to larger point about how national sports talk's gone away too, because if you are a national personality and you have a following, you're gone. You're doing podcast. You're Bill Simmons. You're Dan Levitard. You're taking that gambling money. Well, that's why they took uh, McAfee. Yeah, that's why they took Matt. Heck, and McAfee's real success, just just real quick. Yeah, is he talks to people. Yeah, he actually talks to people. Mm-hmm. You know, the the ESPN crew post Mike and Mike, they stopped talking to people. And they only talked to Adam Schefter. Yep. They only talked to whoever the ESPN personality was. It was an ESPN information vehicle. And, and I appreciate some of their viewpoints, but at some point, yeah, I do want to hear from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Maybe not every week, but I do want to hear from him. He talks to a lot of the different players. He talks mm-hmm. to a lot of different coaches, commissioners. I mean, that's that's where you really can make your bones here. Wink, yeah. wink, nod, nod. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. But by the way, I'll also be straight up that monetizing podcasts is very, very difficult as well. There's only a very small, st- uh, on the national level, on the national oh, level. national. Yeah, for national it. level. Okay. Yeah, I can't convince Sprint to come. No, 
uh, advertisement like, list, could, but I can get a lawyer, like, I can get a real estate, I can get a pizza place. Sure. And and there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually yeah. good. At, at some point along the lines, I think we forgot that it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be local. It's okay to make a decent amount of money and make a living off of it. But everything has been chased by growth, 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 growth. And the easiest way to grow your bottom line, if other things are lagging, is to Dump salary, Get the which Qatari is fund, which is for that, which I, I feel like it's we're going to talk right? about. I feel like we're going to talk about that next. We'll, we'll talk about that later in the week. But ESPN's in a position they're in right now because and they're shedding salary because they're trying to make their bottom line look better. Now, I have another theory. I think they're actually trying to spin off ESPN. Mm-hmm. I think they're trying to I think I think FanDuel, DraftKings, somebody will come in and buy it. But that's just a, that's another that's another theory. Yeah. Why do I have to go to a different app? To place my bets than yes. for the app that I have to check my scores. Which is how we'll close this because that's actually the next thing that is the great unknown. Because I read this in awful announcing recently about, it was another uh, opinion piece on how like Gen Z doesn't care about sports. Yes, right? I read that too. Okay. I thought of you. Yeah, well, it's it's real. It's a uh-huh. real threat. And all the people who are doing pretty well right now, the Levitards, the Bill Simmons, Ryan Rosillo sold out the Gramercy Theater next to the hotel that I was staying at for one of his live podcasts. They brought Chris Paul. Like Caleb, we walked past it. He's like, who's Ryan Rosillo? I was like, hey, he's a podcast guy. He used to work for ESPN. He's like, so people are just showing up to this theater to watch him do a podcast? I went, yeah, buddy. <laughs> All of this could be yours. <laughs> yes, yes. But Caleb is a Gen Z kid. Yeah. And he doesn't care about these no. types of things. And Jake Paul. What's the problem? <laughs> Jake Paul and them. They've all figured out that it's all about cringy TikTok humor, the baby gronks. Like if I bring up baby gronk, Caleb knows exactly what I'm talking about. He's like, yeah, but didn't you get supplanted by baby digs? <laughs> so I'm like, right, Caleb. And they're consuming things on TikTok and other forms that are like a weird humor that I'll never understand. Right. You'll never understand. And they're foregoing all of this stuff. It used to be that millennials are killing the business because they're reading blogs and listening to podcasts. Well, guess what? The next generation coming up, the millennials are now old. They're not the young people anymore. They're in their 30s, for heaven's sake. They're established. They're mature. The people coming up, they're consuming it completely different. And it's not this. And it's really weird. And we don't know how we're going to make money. So we'll find out. You want to do micro betting? The old-fashioned way. Yeah. We're going to sell ads. <laughs> yeah. It's like vinyl. We know how we're going to make money. It's like, it's like vinyl. It's like vinyl. <laughs> anyway, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of uh, Ovius and Chilio. We will see you all on Wednesday.